For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Late night headphones on, I'm diving deep into the sound waves, the world I want to keep. Paranoid American teaching me the truth. Unwrapping mysteries, uncovering the proof. Sound science, the podcast of the soul. Paranormal stories, secrets we unfold. From the mainstream hits to the hidden gems. We're exploring all the sounds time and time again. This is actually maybe a new series. I'm not really sure yet, but I got my homie Ani over here. And the idea is to just go over some of our favorite albums, our favorite songs, maybe break down the lyrics, break down the album artwork. Uh, it's not meant to be like a full, complete decode where we like went to the books and we came back with like encyclopedias full of knowledge. But it, for me at least, Music is a huge inspiration for the stuff that I do. It it kind of shows this other way of communicating deeper information through, you know, not sometimes even the lyrics don't matter. Sometimes like the music sets a tone. And anyways, we're going to get into all that. I picked five albums. Ani picked five albums. Um, what's going on, Ani? How, how you doing, man? What's going on, bro? Yes. And I think this is going to be an excellent series because you get the dive and see the intricacies to why we we got to where we're at right now with this whole thing. And me, you know, personally, uh, music is very essential, you know, to, to life. I always play a certain vibratory frequency before my videos of these new artists that's into the, the same things that we're into right now. And they don't really get the light that these industry rappers have gotten over the years. And of course we do have legends in the industry. Let me, you know, put that out just because they're in the industry doesn't mean they don't have, you know, certain gifts or talents, but I think it's important for us to look through the science and see how it's all put together. And all of the intricacies is very important. And I would, I'd love anyone's got suggestions in the comments or anything on like what, where maybe this series might go. So it's, it's named sound science for now. And sound science is actually a a nod to the music that I used to make way back. I mean, I still do, but I don't do it professionally anymore, but uh, I have this group sound scientists and you might've heard us if you watched mtv or vh1 or a number of just like uh, i think we had some stuff on adult swim and cartoon network in the early 2000s so you might have even heard some of my stuff uh two decades ago and not realized that uh there was one solo album that i put out under sound scientist that's all instrumentals with a bunch of tracks and then this year i just recently dropped two albums one's called clinton's greatest hits and it's got uh songs such as things that i might not even say out loud <laughs> we got one called creeping bill clinton arkansas which is about the mina arkansas uh murder hunter biden f a laptop shed on you uh perfect one of my favorites one called the clinton body count which is really good and then another one here that, that just dropped called cult classics and every single right. song is about a different cult so we got jonestown juice skull and bones heaven's gate 
and Nexium, but it's spelled different on purpose. Someone's already pointed that out. Jolly West, uh, a whole bunch of like really interesting ones. So, anyways, this is where I'm coming from. Is I got a, a music background. If you want to hear some some interesting um, intersection of paranoid American and music, check out Sound Scientist on iTunes and Spotify and everything else. Um, but so I guess I'll just get it started. I picked five albums. The five albums that I picked was Nonfiction, The Future Is Now, uh, Dead Prez, Let's Get Free. That's not the album cover. Mm-hmm. Lyricist Lounge, Volume 1, in particular, this song called Holy Water. KRS One, I Got Next, although technically this one's like less than a... It's interesting. I'll, we'll get into that one. And then okay. this one's might seem like out of left field, but I've, I've brought this up a few different times. And this album and this song in particular rocked my world uh and i even though it's like kind of seems like it's a silly theme album from sticky fingers of onyx uh, it's actually really deep and it gave me a completely new respect uh so and and i just wanted to start this out too that i didn't just go out and get these for this show i promise i actually got this one when it came out and i think this was a 99 and or in 2000 and oh, it came wow. with like the sign poster and everything so like i'm a super og nonfiction fan um it's it's amazing that they they still got like a incredible staying power like the whole group essentially and then also just just for extra cred i i also have lyricist lounge volume one on vinyl i've had this for over two decades too so these are like these are by far some of my favorite albums of all time just going into it so it's crazy my vinyls i i got a lot of vinyls too my me and my father we would collect vinyls, uh, classics, and I have some over when we when I just made a move into the new place. I had to split the vinyls with my brother. My my dad made the transition years ago, so it's crazy. I, I'm seeing you, you're also a collector of it, and it's also crazy that recently I had to get my ass cap because someone requested me. I was a part of a hip hop group in the mid 2000s called Hustle Dior. And we put some music out together. We never released our EP. We were supposed to release. I I still have the art of the EP, you know, me looking all young, you know, in front of it, everything. So it's, it's crazy. Now that you're saying that you were involved with music, a lot of people don't know. I also, um, I didn't know that. It's awesome, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I actually went into the studio about three months ago and recorded a track for a friend. And he was talking to me about, you know, how you split the the writers, uh, all of that type stuff. So I was like, I don't even care, bro. Like you just, you know, came and got me, put me on the album. I dropped a verse. It was a very good verse. And um, I wasn't really worried about the business side of it, but he was just stressing it. So I said, okay, let me go ahead and get my ass cab. Now I'm under Ani Osaru. <laughs> my name has changed. So yes, Ani has, um, I'm a part of a, uh, a album that's going to be released within a week or two. So yeah. What, what should uh, someone search for to find it? Uh, let me, uh, honestly, he told me, I think it's called, is it no bad days? Let me look real quick. I'm sorry, guys. No bad days. No, that's, that's, I didn't know any about this. This is awesome, man. 
Yes, I'm sorry. And you know, what, what's I, the I, what's the blocker on the EP getting released? Was it is it just have other people involved and you gotta like get okay's yeah, on everyone or it was that we fell out with the producer and um me and the group I was a part of, the other guy that was in the group, we didn't have some agreements with some of the release times. So we kind of just like split. You know, then we ended up getting back together, not as a group. We ended up working at the same place. So we kind of mitigated all of that, but we just never took the step of releasing it. Working on group music projects is extremely difficult because of what you just described. It's like the most common story ever, but there's so many music projects that I was involved in, too. And you get all the way to the finish line. And at the last second, someone wants to like change the name of the group or they want to go back and like swap out a song or maybe like you said, there's a falling out. Maybe they had a guest feature with some other, you know, artist and now they're not cool anymore. And now they want to cut that a song off the album or just, there's all these things that happen that uh, my best advice to anyone out there is that if you're close to getting the album done, if you're like 80%, like do whatever it takes to get that last 20% done and submit it. And just be happy that you got something released out into the wild because so much can happen during that last 20%. And um, I'm not going to say regret, but it's like sometimes just a waste. And sometimes it's like the rest of the world misses out on something that you created that's really cool. That Mm -hmm. after this like small moment in time passes, it no longer can be released because then it causes, you know, feelings or whatever it is that, that, you know, makes it so that someone doesn't want it released anymore. So it's it's man, a it's a weird far. world, man. It's a really interesting uh, a part of big part of why I left that professionally, and I just do it for therapy now. But like fight fighting over the dumbest things, like what you want to change your name, like the, the album comes out in a month, and you want to change your whole whatever, man. I'm not going to get into too many tangents on that right now. <laughs> no, that's great advice, bro. That's so so much great advice. Because I think we're going to regret a lot for not releasing that project that we had. But the name of the album that I'll be on is called Have a Nice Day. It's going to be spelled. The guy name is Nice with a Y. So you spell it uh, N-Y-C-E. And the song is going to be called Lights Out. So I'll be on that album. It should be out by next week. Um, So I'll I'll give you a heads up on that time is when it's released. But um, yeah, our album had a unique blend of music because we were big. I'm a big Nas fan. I've always been a big Nas fan. He's been always a big Tupac fan. So imagine if Nas and Tupac was in a group, you know, it, the, the music, you know, the, the, the type of um, flow that Nas had and the flow that Tupac had, especially their message was essential to the hip hop culture. If you look at hip hop separate from rap, because how I look at it, uh, there was a degradation during the early 90s because of gangster rap. That was I think it was CIA to bring in uh, some of these groups, especially NWA and how they got their stamp in the game. What was the guy? What was his name? Jerry Helder or something like that. What was the guy that was funding NWA? You remember his name? Uh, I I was a, an East Coast aficionado. Okay. Not not as much. I know who you're talking about, but I don't have the name at the top of my head. Uh, it's like Jerry something. Okay, you guys look it up. But 
some people think, you know, when they brought it, you know, NWA, NWA exploded gangster rap. And now, you know, you see the mixture of uh, this other, you know, drugged out gangster rap that's everywhere, which people, you know, Kanye has said a lot that he feels like all of this is, yeah, Heller, Heller. That's what I was thinking. He yeah, has Heller, Heller in his name. <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's, he's gotten old. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. So yeah, it, it wasn't just uh, uh, Dr. Dre and Easy E and DOC and Bone Thugs, but it was a lot, man. Journey, Marvin Gaye, Van Morrison, War, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Ike and oh, wow. Turner. Turner. I didn't know that. Otis Redding, <laughs> uh, Black Sabbath. So yeah, man, this this guy was at the heart of it all. Wow, I didn't even know that. I never knew that. So he's been he was doing a lot. You know, Grand Funk uh, Railroad. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Dr. Dre, too, he wasn't he wasn't always into that type stuff either. If you look into his early, early musical history, you'll see yeah, what that. Was the, the, yeah. World Crash Wrecking Crew. Let's find a, an album oh. cover on this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny, yo. <laughs> I, I was surprised when I saw that when I was younger. I was like, yeah, wow, right that's Dr. Dre. Yeah, there's the there's the OG Dre. Yeah. So you see how these things can can change. Yeah, he was wearing outfits like that. Yeah. The doctor. They're they're almost going for this like uh Sun Ra funkadelic mm-hmm. look a mm-hmm. little bit, right? Sun Ra was dope. Sun Ra was really dope, man. Yeah, He's shout out to Sun Ra. That, that that song "Nuclear War" is like one of my favorite. Even almost every Sun Ra songs, like if if someone just walks by and they just hear like a minute segment, it might not even sound like music. It might just sound like some dude talking. Uh, but I, it's it's amazing music that it takes a little while to get it acclimated to. But it's uh yeah, Sun Ra's so dope, man. Yeah, he was so esoteric, you know, before his time. Yeah, he has such an esoteric mind. And it took me, you know, I'm way younger, so it took me years, you know, to come back across that because I heard about Sun Ra uh, listening to Bobby Hemet in one of his lectures. And I was like, who is Sun Ra? And I went back and listened to his albums. And I was like, wow, look at, yeah, look at his, his album covers or how he presented himself. He didn't care, bro. He was like way into this Egyptian, yeah, alchemical type thing. And I don't think nobody was doing that or even doing it now, unless there's some satanic stuff involved with it. So he was ahead of his time and he had a musical gift. Yes, Sun Sun Ra music is is a whole nother level. And again, like you might need to work yourself into it in some ways but look at this crystal spears like the, this dude mm-hmm. was way ahead of his time man like he would he'd be blowing up right now i have a feeling yeah i think he he needs his own breakdown somebody needs to break break his albums down the album art and get into it because I, I don't think i ever heard someone do a full sun rob breakdown before so that will be interesting to go through his history see how it all develops and how it all connects you know, especially from an esoteric perspective. Well, that's what I was say is that there's probably a bunch of like jazz blogs and like jazz podcasts mm-hmm. that might have broken it down, but I don't know of any occult 
you know, sort of perspective on breaking down Sunra's catalog? I would have to look. I could look into the Gematria, the release dates. Oh, this is dope. There's a whole book um, on all of his album artwork called Art on Saturn. Oh, see? See, I would have to look into that. And that came out last year. You see? So people are recognizing it. See, so just for anyone uh, listening in the future that can't read this, considered the foremost um, exponent of Afrofuturism, Sun Ra mastered a wide array of styles that span jazz, R&B, exotica, Afro-hybrid, electronic, big band, solo piano, orchestra, experimental, and chamber works. 45 recording career. Uh, and then this is just one. Apparently, this book is just covers like 30 years of his music. It's not even all of it. Oh, wow. Afro Abraham. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's definitely like a, like a even weirder George Clinton feel to this. Like George Clinton. Funkadelic just decided to like stop playing instruments and just use their mind only or something. That's kind of what like Sun Ra might come out to. That's why I added Kendrick Lamar's Pimp a Butterfly to my list. I'm sure we'll get into it because of the George Clinton effect. You know, George Clinton has such an influence on hip hop. You know, the Funkadelics, the P-Funk music was some of them. It it was a, a chaos. If you look into chaos physics, that's what funk is. Funk was a genre that really wasn't refracted in the public as much as jazz and these other genres. It was it just had its time and then people just stacked over it. It's just they they wasn't really trying to replicate it to that, you know, to to that uh, degree. But a lot of genres was stacked on top of it. And if you listen to it, it's just very random. You know, if you look at uh, James Brown, how he used to perform with the phone, he used to bust out, be like, ah! <laughs> it was real sporadic. It, 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 it will get you in the. The, the, the blood flowing, it gets you in the mood, you know, and and uh, people need to recognize that when it comes specifically to hip hop, jazz, uh, jazz and well, mainly funk is quintessential to early hip hop. You know what they were doing with the turntables, they were um, they were adjusting, you know, some things that was going on with funk and some other stuff. But. I, I like to give, you know, I got this one buried somewhere back there, but this one um, has okay. come up as like one of the OG like rap albums before it was somewhere between disco and funk and rap. There was like this, uh, this period of time when people would start to kind of like rap and it wasn't necessarily tied to a specific genre at that point. It was just like a way of of delivering lyrics but this one in particular uh i'll maybe i'll pull this one out at some point but yeah this this yeah, hustlers so. convention 1973 so if, if you're interested in in some of the other like ones and get yeah this was kind of considered funk but it was very like if you listen to it now you would just consider it to be like that old 80s um rap where everything was like very simple you could see every rhyme coming but you know subtract mm-hmm. 10 years from that Oh, wow. Wow. I'm going to have to give it a listen. 
Hustlers Convention, okay. July. And it's it's awesome too because it's like a whole story. Like it says here, the album, it's an entire story of these two different hustlers, oh. one called Sport and one called Spoon, uh, which had like they each have their own little paths. Spoon's kind of like the drug dealer angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sports more of, you know, it's 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 kind of straightforward, but it's also really it's really dope. So yeah, I, I highly recommend that one. It's very innovative how they did things during the funk era. Very, very innovative. That's what I'm saying. It's this is literally uh, pioneering the whole thing. And um, there is a big time hip hop documentary about to come out in early 2024. I think what is it called? I think Tyreek Nasheed is producing it. Who did the Hidden Colors documentaries? But he's never done a music. Scratch came out in 04, I think. No, this is about to come out in 2024. It's about to come out now. He's got all okay. of the pioneers in it, bro. He went back and got, um, was it uh, DJ Cass, the first person to pick up a mic? The first MC ever to pick up a mic, the first female group in hip hop. He got so many pioneers in it, it's ridiculous. But I got to go back and let me look it up real quick so I can get the names. People can. They raised over 200 grand to get it done from the grassroots. But they wanted to go back into the early 70s and figure out what is the real story behind hip hop. Because we only get, you know, everything from Cool Herc. They try to act like Cool Herc is the beginning of it. but. It comes way before Cool Herc. You got to get into Disco King Mario, you know, these other types of characters. I never heard Mario. of that. Disco King Mario? You never heard of Disco King Mario? Uh-uh. Man, this guy is like quintessential, bro. Like, uh, Cool Herc said that he got his whole style from, from him, from Disco King Mario. I think he died at 38, so there's some funny occult stuff around well, that's well yeah african babata started out as his assistant yeah yeah there you go there you go okay yeah so this guy like he's a pioneer of hip-hop and nobody knows nothing about who he is yeah look at this why <laughs> why doesn't herc bombata or flash ever mention disco king mario right right it's called okay the documentary is called microphone check hidden history of hip-hop that's the new documentary, Microphone Check, Hidden History of Hip Hop. Yep, that's the Kickstarter. So, so yeah, he's producing it. Yep, he's in it. Everybody's in all the players. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cornbread, the first um, graffiti, graffiti artist out of Philadelphia. They got him in there. Got DJ Red Alert. Yep, red alert in there. B-boy, A1 B-Boy Sasa. Yep, yep. Some of the original B-Boys going to be in. Because the reason why it's important to come out with a hip-hop documentary now, 2024, the first. this is the first time the Olympics ever included hip-hop uh, in the Olympics. They're going to have B-Boy. You know, and, and Really? Olympics. Yes, for the first time ever in 2024. Okay, I mean, I can see it if if they got ice skating. Why don't why don't they have b boy competitions? It's both the same level of subjectivity. I think. Yeah, I think it was a great idea. It's just we've never seen it before. So what's going to happen now, bro? 
all of these people are going to start jumping out, you know, the woodwork saying, hey, I'm a pioneer of B-boy. You know, I used to be here back in the 80s. With my gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> so now B-boying is going to be put back on this, you know, this mass media promotion of introducing it back to the world. Look at who the pioneers is who started this, you know, this part, this section of the Olympics. So we need to clarify who are the real pioneers and who are the people that came later on so everybody can get their bread distributed, you know, because it's always a money grab, bro. So it's the right timing for the documentary. I I think that's actually a good topic. Maybe we can come back with like some of the like the older maybe do funk next. Funk would be a really awesome oh, episode. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's play it on funk that. next. So here okay. I'll, I'll I'll start out with with uh, my five, and then I'll okay. give you some time to pull up your five if you want to look over it the same way. So, and I'll actually okay. talking about the founders. Uh, I'll start with KRS One. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I kind of consider him a, a founder. I'd like, I remember getting a BDP album like really early on, probably before my parents had any chance to to intervene. Um, and like the, the nine millimeter song, I was like singing that when I was like nine or 10. I could have sworn, but the uh, KRS's one album, starting with I think Return of the Boom Bap, was the first one that completely knocked my socks off. And I think it was, I was introduced through this um wake up show like compilation song and it had like exhibit and eminem and pharaoh monch and all these different people and krs1 was in there and i heard him drop this one uh verse that i had heard elsewhere and it was uh like whoop whoop the sound of the police and i i tracked them down and i and he became one of my favorite artists but there was this one in particular and i don't even know if i would consider it a song it's a more like an intermission in this album i got next but called fourth quarter free throws and it's basically uh, a whole breakdown are you familiar with this song by by any chance i'm not i'm not i'm not i don't even know certain krs1 songs but i did meet him in person and i have pictures with him that's awesome man that mean that's to me that's like a a true legend i'd love to get him on shout out krs if you want to come on and talk to me and ani uh, about music more than welcome but this this one really was the first time that I felt like I got some really important information delivered directly through song that wouldn't have happened elsewhere. And I'll just, I'll read the lyrics. I'm not going to rap the lyrics because I would embarrass everybody. Uh, you, like the secondhand embarrassment, you just see people dropping. But we're the pro- so th- this is a, a story about how Jesus and the astrological connotations of his entire story. So he's talking the prophesies to return. Um, the new age is coming to an end, not the world, but the age is ending. Uh, this is an astrological message I'm sending. And then this is where it starts. We are living now in the age of Pisces. When Pisces is over at the year 2000, when the son of God changes his house and enters the age of Aquarius, the son of God as a man is hilarious. When you think of Jesus, think of the sun, the flaming sun. That's where they stole the concept from. Stop believing and read your and read Bible logically. The New Testament is really old astrology. Jesus, the son of God, no lie. But they might be talking about the sun in the sky, the sun that hangs on the cross of the zodiac, the zodiac with 12 signs to be exact. Each sign is a house to keep in mind. Each house equals a period of time. 
that time, 2000 years, and that's a fact. It's called an age or a house in the Zodiac. The 12 disciples are the 12 months of reason. The four gospels signify the four seasons. When Jesus fed the multitude with two fishes, it signified the age of Pisces, not fish on dishes. If you read the Bible astrologically, it's clearer. The next age will be the age of the water bearer. It's called the age of Aquarius, when logic and truth will take care of us. So in this age of spiritual dignity, you'll see a rise in femininity and creativity meshed with masculinity. And like this right here was like line after line was breaking down these incredibly complex. And I'm pretty sure that I had at least thumbed through um, Manly Palmer Hall or at least like an astrology book or something like I had. I had been aware of the concept of Jesus and astrology and all that. But this is the first time that like it was easy to remember, like it made sense, like it was snappy. You know what I mean? Um, so, so this one in particular just blew my mind when I first heard this. Yeah, this is like a astrology class 101 kind of <laughs> in music. It would be interesting. I need to go back and listen to this song in particular. But yeah, I've heard this before. And a lot of the early pioneers and artists, they were deep into knowledge, bro. Like I took a KRS one. I met him, he was teaching a class on metaphysics. It was weird. <laughs> That's so awesome. And it was free. He just came down to South Carolina and taught a free class, you know, on hip hop and metaphysics. So I came out there and, yo, the guy, everybody knows he's beaming with knowledge. So this type of music from back then, man, it's it's so classic. So that that's the first one. Um, Nonfiction, uh, this whole album, it was hard for me to pick one. Again, I had this thing on vinyl. I listened to it over and over. But I mean, just the title, the CIA is trying to kill me. Uh, I'm not going to reread some of these, especially some of these lyrics are a little hardcore, <laughs> even uh, for what I'd be comfortable saying out loud, just for it to be like sampled and played back. But with like, the, so here's the hook. I'm paranoid. The CIA is trying to kill me. Uh, and then it's basically him saying like, what did you t- like? What did they say to you? What did you say to them? Like, it's just about this guy that's completely paranoid and quite literally thinks the CIA is out to get him. Uh, so I, I absolutely love this song. Um, Necro Ill Bill. I was a, a huge, just regular Ill Bill fan too. He he's got some other songs that I didn't want to necessarily just read out because it would make me seem like an absolute degenerate. But he's got a uh, one called <laughs> "How to Kill a Cop," which is a really interesting song. It like breaks down like uh, how to get a gun and how to like. Anyways, uh, art artistic purposes only. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's another one that I think it's called Di- "Diary of a Drug Fiend" or it's something. And it's about, uh, let me get that needle, something, um, um, or Dope Fiend. I think it's called Dope Fiend. And I think it might be about Necro's Uncle Howie or something, because later on they made Uncle Howie records. But anyways, this one I won't won't read out, but the future is now nonfiction. CIA is trying to kill me. Here's, okay, this is another really, and this one is really hard. Almost everyone's heard. Um, the song hip hop because it was on Dave Chappelle's show and it's just a, an amazing song in general. But at the very end of that same album in dead press, there's this song. And if like, I remember this thing coming on, like I would fall asleep and like wake up and this thing would just be playing and like chanting. And this is such a, a mm. catchy damn hook right here. And it just, it just says this over and over FBI CIA 
ATF, KKK, IRS, TNT, CBS, NBC. And you just repeat it over and over again. Um, But man, this, it kind of gives you an idea of what they're talking about. And then there's this one in particular, I don't believe Bob Marley died from cancer. Um, And it's all about, it's just chance this over and over again. And uh, again, this was one where I just like loved hearing about all of this. What are they teaching kids in our school buildings? They've got another really cool, um, like an interlude that goes into a song on this album. And I think it's called The Wolf. Yeah, Wolves. And it it starts mm-hmm. out talking about how, uh, yeah, right here. I'm not a hunter, but I'm told in places in the Arctic where indigenous peoples might hunt a wolf, they take a double-edged blade. They'll put blood on the blade. They'll melt the ice and stick the handle in ice so that only the blade is protruding. The wolf will smell the blood and he wants to eat. So he'll come and lick the blade trying to eat. And what happens is that the wolf licks the blade, cuts his tongue, and he bleeds. Then he thinks that he's having a good meal. So he licks and licks, drinking his own blood, and he kills himself. Um, And they basically break it down that this is the Iran-Contra scandal. This is what imperialists did with crack cocaine. This is the, the FBI and the CIA dropping, you know, like... You think that you're making money off of it. You think you're you're flipping these sacks and you're getting rich. Um, but anyways, th- this entire album, Dead Prez, they also have another one, rev- rev- Revolutionary but Gangster, I think. And they break down how to scan the system and like create uh, fake personalities and get like fake IDs issued and how to use those fake IDs to sign up for credit cards and then like default on the credit cards and go and buy stuff, return it for cash. But it's like a formula. Like, here's exactly how to do it. I just, I don't know. I love the whole concept oh, of breaking down, like, how to scam the system in a song. Um, two more. Again, mm-hmm. this this whole Lyricist Lounge album, but this one in particular, Holy Water, it's mo- more in the delivery than in the lyrics. Oh, but um, you can even kind of say, like, uh, this is Lord Have Mercy, who was part of Flip Mode Squad uh, with Busta Rhymes. Mm-hmm. And he's he's talking about um take amendments on earth feel free to challenge god as a mortal man but it's it's all talking about how um this holy water is is almost like the opposite like you might claim to have holy water to to fight demons um but i guess like part of creating that holy water is sort of this uh this dogma that comes part of it and then for me this is this one again it's so seems so out of left field um, because this album, I didn't even think got a lot of accolades. It's an amazing concept album. It's this whole story about uh, a guy that like gets out of jail and then he gets his friend into some trouble. And then um, it just like every song is a different aspect of the story. There's one where uh, I'll, I'll even let me check on one of these. My dogs is my guns. This is such a great one where he, he's talking about uh his dogs but like he's talking about his his guns so like if my glock's on safe that means my dog's on a leash uh each bullet's the teeth i love this is such a uh, an amazing song but the um the song that i wanted to show is this one called oh my god and basically sticky is talking to god here he's just like screaming out into the night because you know all of his friends are dead and everything that he um is trying to go after is like leading to these dead ends and then he finally answers like god answers sticky fingers so he starts asking them all these different questions so he says um uh well first god tells him you are talking to yourself we are one and the same so that's that kind of like gives you the whole thing but here's the questions uh 
If you are, then why are we born if we live to die? Is there life after death? What were we before birth? Why is this whole earth plagued and cursed? If killing is a sin, is there life in other planets? Is adultery wrong? And did you write the Ten Commandments? So these are the questions, and God responds to every one of them. Again, this is um, Sticky Fingers talking to himself. So he says, we were never born and we will never die. That, that goes with the whole we are one, you know, energy can't be created or destroyed. And so in essence, there is no such thing as death. And then this is the biggest one for me. How could I write commandments and not have them kept? And when I heard that for the first time in, I don't know, 1999, I was like maybe 15 or 16. And I remember thinking like, man, that's so right. And now it's like, I've heard a million variations on this. One of them is like, if God is truly omnipotent, then how could anyone violate the laws or, or some, you know, variation of that. But this is again, such an elegant way of putting it. Like if I wrote 10 commandments and I'm God, like how could I even write something that wouldn't be kept uh, for having that power? So I don't, I, that one really clicked with me. The soul is eternal. You just change form. Then you come back with a new face on. This is like, classic maybe rosicrucianism maybe just like a traditional version of reincarnation um you cannot limit love unless you lack understanding to answer you yes there is life on other planets i like just like how matter of fact that is just like yeah yeah there's aliens next uh the future is a mystery the past is history today is a gift that's why it's called the present now i feel like Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. It's something you might see stitched on like a pillow and like a cracker barrel now, but this is still like a really dope line. Um, and then yeah, life no. is simple unless you make it confusing. The wise ones will stand and the clever will use it. So I, I love this whole everything about this song. Uh, it, it's maybe not the best like musically <laughs> because the hook is so annoying. It sounds like he's whining, uh, but the the lyrics are are amazing. So. He sounds like he's a he's a natural lyricist, you know, sometimes. Well, in the early 2000s, you had these weird lyricists. They have, you know, not the best selection of beats, not the best selection of choruses. But if you listen to, you know, their raps, it was extremely lyrical. So I never listen to Sticky Fingers. I don't know why I, 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 I don't come across some of these artists, but I was big into lyricism. So I love looking into deep, you know, layers of how people, you know, put messages in lyrics. That's why I became a fan of Nas, you know, or Lupe Fiasco. You know, these are some of the greatest lyricists of all time. It goes back in history to the muse in the Greek history, you know, to convey you know, messages at a subconscious level, but also put truth, mythology, and make it rhythmic. It really does have a mental uh, effect on the mind, and it can change the way generations think. And hip-hop really did that, I believe. I think it was first a social movement. This is another thing we can talk about, how it was changed from a social movement and it became a project for mind control. Because I don't think today is hip hop. I think the genre of hip hop changed in the 90s when they created rap and they created subgenres. So, um, yeah, yeah. There's, that, there's that. this one video 
that I highly recommend anyone that, that wants to get this, but um, this, this guy named wise intelligent from the poor righteous teachers, he breaks down essentially he, he makes a claim that he was metaphorically in the room when all of the business interests basically came in and they were like, look uh, like you're going to start rapping about this and we're going to go more into like the drugs and the violence and the sex, because that's, what's going to sell. That's, what's going to make you rich. But it was also this intentional, way of like not causing a disruption in like the, the social movements um, like d- don't keep talking about all these things that are going to make people more politically active uh, maybe less public enemy more cash money right more more oh, master right. p more lil wayne not that i dislike the hot boys and, and bling bling uh but it was definitely a it almost felt like a complete 180 from the, the music that was popular maybe five years before that. Like it happened so mm-hmm. freaking quick. Mm-hmm. So quickly. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with having high frequency, low frequency. You want to be balanced. So there's nothing wrong with having things to entertain you, you know, from a music perspective. So we got to keep that in mind. The problem is we don't have no balance today. And that's, that's somebody orchestrating that. So we have, all of these female rappers like a sexy red and they got, you know, a pregnant belly, uh, belly out shaking, their, shaking their bottoms, <laughs> so to speak. So um, where is the balance? Where is the uh, Lauren Hill version of sexy red? You know, back then in the early nineties or the late nineties, you had a balance to, the ratchet side of everything. And I'm, what I'm saying is that the Lauren Hill version of Sexy Red or these Cardi B, whatever they putting out here, they do exist. The problem is, is that the industry has decided what is mainstream. So it takes the public to grab the ball again and start to deem what is the focal area of music we should be listening to because it'll force the industry and force these labels to have to put these other artists at the at the uh, fulcrum of what we're looking at instead of using the conditioning of this low vibratory behavior that we like to indulge in sometimes i mean i like to go to a bar have a drink and you know look at women you know there's nothing wrong with that or i mean i don't smoke you know, or do all of that type stuff. But we all, all, we have two sides to how we conduct ourselves. We have a higher vibratory level, lower vibratory level. The problem is today, it's not hip hop, man. It's mind control. And they're persuading the next generation. Because if you look at, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm not going to say I'm old yet, but I've literally seen the effects that hip hop has had on the on these um what are they gen z who's who's after us uh i think they're gen z i think the next one is generation is it alpha what comes they, after they just gen? start over from the beginning again is that how it works yeah i think it's generation <laughs> alpha yeah so i've seen the effects on alpha <laughs> i've seen that's the wild. That's, that's a it's almost <laughs> like intentionally saying that it couldn't be farther away like z couldn't be farther away from a Right, right, exactly, exactly. So I'm just seeing the effects on uh, Alpha right now, and it's pretty bad. 
You know, it's very bad. I thought we were bad. You know, <laughs> I thought my generation was bad, but they don't I, have Well, I think the difference was that when we were being bad, like we knew that we were being bad. But now when kids emulate uh, stuff that's going on, I think that there's this this aspect where they don't even realize how bad it really is. Like they don't realize that, that the music, right. like little, like it's not normal to black out on Xanax and, you know, promethazine and, right. and like alcohol every night. Um, and even like in the nineties, when someone would talk about that, you'd be like, man, that guy is so wild. Like maybe I'll do that once in a while, but I, I could never do it every night. That's wild. But now when like every single rapper is just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just blacking out on, on Xanax and lean like three or four times a day. It's normal. Like that raises that level. It's like that, that shifting, um, that shifting spectrum, right? Where now it's like, oh, that's not so extreme. I only do that like every night. I don't do it three times a day though. Right. And then it like, it keeps extending right. from there. And then you find out they're all lying anyways. Like they're not, they're not doing any of this stuff that they're talking about. They're not doing or if they are, they, you know, like little Zan, right? Uh, like he's pulling mm. out guns and like got charges and like, you know, getting caught on camera doing dumb stuff. So, Okay, if that's not happening, then it's probably a lie. Yeah, it's probably a lie. And yeah, most of these things, these people are not even doing. You know, you see with the YSL case and everything. So, uh, most of the things that we think these people are doing, they aren't doing, which is that's very oppish. That's very CIA ish for you to be talking about this stuff so many times in your music that you just come out of nowhere because you're in trouble and say, oh, I never did that really. You know, because that really affects the consciousness. So it's good that we're becoming aware and we're pointed out. But, yeah, we can go into my you know, side of the yeah, albums. You want me to pull it up or what I, website? Either or if you want to pull it up or, or you can just you tell can me. Pull what it up this quicker because I, I have to put in, you know, you had a great website. But yeah, we yeah. Can start. Yes. Um, Either one, if you want to start with Pimple Butterfly or Nas has has an untitled album because he used the N-word and they got real mad at him. And I think I had a J. Cole album. All right. So uh, the song I want you to go here is I think it's the last song on that. What is it? Uh, hold on. Let me make sure. Do you have the, the list of the songs up to Pimple Butterfly? Now, the interesting thing that makes this set out, bro, this album right here is one of two albums that was put into the Library of Congress. I think it's Mortal Man. No, how much a dollar costs? How much a dollar costs? How much a dollar? You just passed it. But that's the name of it. How much a dollar costs? All right. So this album and Lauren Hill's the miseducation of Lauren Hill, which they never allowed Lauren Hill to make music again. I think that's for a reason. I didn't, I really believe they didn't like, you know, what she was going to do with her message. So they shut her down, but her album, miseducation of Lauren Hill and this album to pimp a butterfly are the only two albums that will be studied in the library of Congress for the rest of time. That's out of hip hop. So that's something to look at. This is nuts too. It says uh, December 9th, 2015, President Obama named this record as his favorite of the year. Yes. Yes. So this album, um, 
has all of, if you look at the album cover, it's very interesting. It's all of these uh, guys from Kendrick Lamar's, um, I think it's from his hood that he grew up in, uh, on top of the, they're standing at the White House on top of the judge. And the judge eyes is, is X'd out on. So this is one of the most creative album art covers, they said, from a creativity level of all time. So that's one thing. Now, the interesting thing about To Pimp a Butterfly, because you have to listen to the poem at the end, because he actually has Tupac uh, at the end of his album doing a poem about the butterfly at the very, very end. And is it part of Mortal Man? I believe it is it mortal. It could be Mortal Man. Try Mortal Man. Is that the end though? Let's see, because I'll read. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh so it's Kendrick Lamar talking to Tupac. Hold on. Can you uh, they're not just they're not separating. Okay, yeah. So he's asking Tupac a question. Okay. The 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 one that's highlighted is Tupac uh talking back to him. He said, Will you consider yourself a fighter at heart or somebody that some that somebody that only relax, reacts when they're back against the wall against the wall? Tupac says, S word, I like to think that every opportunity I've ever been uh, threatened with resistance is met with resistance and not only me, but it goes down my family tree because he was a black Panther. All right. Let me, can you go down a little bit? Um, there's an important part in here. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here it goes. Uh, go back a little bit up a, a little bit. Okay. A little bit more, a little bit more. It's like, okay. He's, okay, so Kendrick says that's crazy because me being one of your offsprings of the legacy you left behind, I can truly tell you that there's nothing but turmoil going on. So I wanted to ask you what you think is the future for me and my generation today. And he says, I think that the N-word is tired of grabbing shit out of the stores. And next time it's a riot, it's going to be like bloodshed for real. I don't think America know know that. I think America think we just playing and it's going to be some more playing, but it ain't going to be no playing. It's going to be murder. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like Nat Turner up in this MF or you know what I'm saying? But hold on. That wasn't the part. If you go a little bit more down. He said vibrations, but basically I'll just uh, sum up what he was saying. He's saying that people are going to get so hungry at the end because the the government has been playing with these underprivileged people that people that the underprivileged are going to eat the rich. Have you ever heard that speech from Tupac? Yeah, eat the rich. I I mean, that's a a very common thing that you see now, too, in like all the, the protests. Right. But he's like, he said, they're going to be busting up in rich people houses, like having them for dinner. I was like, wow. When I heard that on the album, I don't know if he said that in the early 90s, but I was blown away when I heard that. But then he describes what's the butterfly to the caterpillar. Then Tupac dies in the middle of talking. He's trying to ask him a question. That's how the album ends. But yeah, he kept saying, Pac, Pac, what's your perspective on that? Um. So if you can go back to the last song, um, how much a dollar really costs? I'm sorry I did two songs on this, but I just wanted to highlight the Tupac 
you know, aspect. The reason why this album is important is because it's the first hip hop album that blends funk as the main sound with, you know, the current genre of hip hop. Nobody else was using funk in the mid 2000s and make it into a, a album. So this was the number one album or hip hop album of the year. Probably the number one album. I'm not sure. I have to look back. I don't know what time. Yeah, I think it was 2015 it came out. So and how much a dollar costs is about Kendrick Lamar coming across a transient. So some homeless guy, he's he's um he's at a random gas station. And he's asking him or Kendrick for change, you know, just like any transient would do. So he says, uh, walked out the gas station, a homeless man with a semi tan complexion asked me for 10 rand, stressing about dry land, deep water, powder blue skies that crack open a piece of crack that he wanted. I knew he was smoking. He begged and pleaded. Asked me to feed him twice. I didn't believe it. I told him, beat it. Then he said, my son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. Listen to me. I want I want a single bill from you. So this is the transient. Nothing less, nothing more. Hendrick says, I told him I ain't have it and close my door. Tell me how much a dollar costs. So then it goes back to the chorus. Um. So they're singing in the chorus and then he he comes back. He says, he's staring at me in disbelief. My temper is building. He's staring at me. I grabbed my key. He's staring me. He's staring at me. I started the car then I tried to leave. And then something told me to keep it in part until, until I could see. The reason why he was mad at a stranger, like I was supposed to save him. Like I'm the reason he's homeless and asking me for a favor. He's staring at me. His eyes followed me with no laser. He's staring at me. I noticed that his stare is contagious because now I'm staring back at him, feeling some type of disrespect. If I could throw a bat at him, it'll be aiming at his neck. Okay, I didn't know what. I'm sorry, I lost. <laughs> I'm clicking around and I lost it. <laughs> okay, it's cool. Um, it's a little bit go. down from there. Better and it's there it goes. I never understood someone begging for goods, asking for handouts, taking it if they could. And this particular person just had it down pat, staring at me for the longest until he finally asked, "Have you ever opened Exodus 14? A humble man is all that we ever need. Tell me how much a dollar costs." All right, so chorus comes back on, and this is this is like the revelation of it all, and this. Really stuck with me, bro, because at this time I was in college. I had just graduated from college and I had plenty of stories because the college I attended, the gas, it was a shell gas station, had a Bojangles in it. Everybody would go to that Bojangles all the time. There were always like transients coming through there, bro. And I remember having this, this same experiences with the transient, but this last verse opened, opened up open me up to a different perspective. So he says, guilt tripping and feeling resentment. I never met a transient that demanded attention. They got me frustrated, indecisive and power tripping. Sour, sour emotions got me looking at the universe different. 
I should distance myself. I should keep it relentless. My selfishness is what got me here. Who the F am I kidding? So I'm going to tell you, like I told the last bums, crumbs and pennies, I need all of mine. And I recognize this type of panhandling all the time. I got better judgment. Okay, you can skip down a little bit. Um, Okay, he says, I smell grandpa's medicines reeking from your skin. In your babbling, your words ain't flattering. I'm imagining Denzel, but looking at O'Neal. <laughs> Sam is sad trills. Your gimmick is mediocre. The jig is up. I seen you from a mile away, losing focus. Okay. And I'm insensitive. I lack empathy. He looked at me and said, your potential is bittersweet. I looked at him and said, every nickel is mine to keep. He looked at me and said, know the truth. It'll set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth. And I'll tell you how much a dollar costs the price of having a spot in heaven. Embrace your loss. I am God. So the transient the whole time was God that was speaking to him. So I thought that was uh, great. And they brought Ronald Isley in at the end and he closed it out. So I thought that was a great, great uh, song for the album and for perspective. So, yeah, I used to always uh, have these transients, you know, asking me for change, but I I did give out a lot of change. I always had that giving heart. So I would give them, if I had something on them, I would give them a couple of dollars or whatever to help them. But if you looked at it from the songs uh, perspective that you could very well be having an interaction with God in the universe when you're doing that type of thing, instead of looking at it from a selfish point of view, which Kendrick was doing at the beginning. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that album. Um, if you can go to Nas, uh, the N word album, um, the song from there what was uh, the name of that song. There's a lot of songs of this album. This album is so classic, bro. This is one of the forgotten. They really hated him for naming this album the N-word. Of course, Nas is on a run right now. He just came out with like five albums in like two years. So nobody ever got that much, you know. It's uh, it's this one that that ultimately got listed as untitled, right? Yeah. Yes, because they were just that mad at him for calling it the N-word. And he's got uh, a big N on his back uh, that looks like it's from like, like a like yeah, the, the lashing scars. Yeah. And, but the, the message of the album is phenomenal. The message of the album, it transcends is looking at, you know, the history, you know, of how, you know, the, the ugliness of the word. It takes you deep into the reason why he named it after this, because people don't like to face you know, the reality of America and America is centered around this word, you know, whether we like it or not. Uh, okay. So the song, uh, what is it? N I G G E R the slave and the master. This is a crazy song. So I'm not going to read all of this, but basically he's, 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 surmising how we have a relationship with our government, but he's, he's not just speaking to black people. He's just speaking a message in whole of how there is still a slave master and there's still slaves. 
It's just in a different time frame. Of course, that's cliche. We hear that. But how he he puts his lyrics together and he makes you uncomfortable by saying the N-word and spelling it out to you. Uh, I feel like some people will miss the message of, of him doing that and not, you know, understand that he's speaking to everyone, you know, to where hip hop is because people got mad at Nas for coming out with that hip hop is dead album a couple of years before this one. You remember that album? I do. I, I remember mostly was just uh, underwhelming because it was supposed to be, there was supposed to be this big like sequel to Illmatic and then Stillmatic wasn't it. And then Nostradamus wasn't it. And then hip hop was, was crazy. Stillmatic was crazy. Well, that's because of ether. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking of, right? It was supposed to be Ether. Yeah, Ether on Stillmatic made it big. Well, I mean, Stillmatic was still it was still a good album. I think that was the best album he had since Illmatic. And that's what Jay-Z was trying to highlight, really, is that yo, you haven't done nothing since Illmatic. And Jay-Z was a fan. He ended up coming out saying, Yo, I was really a fan of you. So when he came out and dissed him, people don't know uh Nas. He, Jay-Z, Jay-Z cried in an interview over the Ether disc. Have you ever heard that interview? Not, not the one where he cries, no. Yeah, he cries, bro. He he literally, he cries. Man. You can look that up. Look up Jay-Z cries over Ether when you guys get a chance. So, um, yeah, so that was that album. Uh, what was my other one? Um, uh, you got uh, J. Cole. Uh, okay, J. Cole, Cole Fiasco, and Big Crit. In Big Crit. J. Cole um, is supposed to be the new generation Nas, you know? And I, yeah, Lupe Fiasco, Fiasco, we'll talk about that one. But J. Cole is supposed to be the new generation Nas. Matter of fact, him and Nas did a song together talking about the reflection of this generation's Nas going back to, you know, Nas himself. And how he felt like he let Nas, yeah, that's the name of the song, Let Nas Down. When he first dropped his first single, Nas actually said that it was whack. (laughs) 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 I mean, we were anticipating J. Cole to be this big artist from his mixtapes. You know, today you have industry plants. Back then you would have to come out with like two dope mixtapes. Then a label, here's your mixtape. You send it to a label. They listen to all of your material. Then they sit you down and, and, and talk about a record deal. And you plan out your, your, your first album, your release album. So when he did come out with his first album, Nas was like, yo, that ain't it, yo. <laughs> That's kind of trash. So he made a song on the, I think it was, the, I don't know, it was the second or the third album. It's called Let Nas Down. Is that on that? Yeah. Okay, it was. It's on the second album. So yeah, there it goes right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm correct. Um, but that's not the original. Can you look up the original album art to Born Center? That's not it, those little lines. The original art is like this devil on it. And I think that was real occult. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So there's some things like people really, you know, was scared of this album cover when it came out. I heard a lot of people say it was controversial, but he was trying to paint a message, you know, that 
everyone has, you know, a, a, a polarized side to themselves. Uh, you don't have to blow it up, bro. But um, yeah, the my main point with this album is that he combined gospel. He took the church because most black people, we were raised somewhat in Baptist Christian, you know, churches. And he made a whole entire album around gospel. Then he named it Born Sinner. And he re- a lot of the song is referenced biblically, you know, throughout the song. So it was an interesting album from the point of view. You're reflective of being in church, sitting with grandma, sitting with, you know, your moms, listening to the choir sing and, you know, on a early Sunday morning. But then having this dope, dope ass rapper rap over you know, the gospel singles, you know, that's that that was something that was different from that perspective. Yeah. He had a song talking about the Adam and Eve story. I think that's what Kendrick, I think. Did he make that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kendrick. That's like one of the only songs they did together on an album. Actually, I think they did some mixtape stuff together, but they wanted Kendrick and J. Cole to come out with the album. But the, the lyrics to this, bro. The lyrics on this album around the time when I was listening to it was next level, bro. This this projected J. Cole way up there, you know, in the ranks. Probably made him a top 10 rapper of all time. That's just my, you know, my top 10. But a lot of people do have him, do have J. Cole in their top 10 now. Um, okay, so that's that. Uh Lupe Fiasco. Now this this was crazy. Like the cool. That's the name of it. Yeah, I remember when this, this one came out. This was like in my my uh, workout playlist, like nonstop. This was my album, bro. Back in like two thousand and eight or yeah, two thousand seven. This is all we played. We had a similar van like Kendrick Lamar's first album, Good Kid, Mad City, all of his friends, all of his friends rode around in this van. We rode around in this, we rode around in this <laughs> van. <laughs> we all rode to all of the parties, everything in a van. And this, this, this um, album was on nonstop, bro. From football practice to the movies, wherever we were going, we used to play Go go gadget flow. Yep. Yep. I got my go go gadget flow. Uh so the album is about this hook. <laughs> yeah, I got my go 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny seeing it written out like that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I forgot about the real uh cartoon as well, but the album is about making the cool, like how people try to be cool, they made it into a metaphysical entity that rose from the dead and is killing all of the gangsters in the the album. Like there's a lot of songs where this entity rises from the dead and the gangsters that's trying to reflect being cool, the entity of the cool from the past is resurrected and kills them for trying to be cool. So they they replace the corpse in the current time with the cool that 
comes out of the grave and kills them. So it's a very metaphysical album. Um, it's based on, I, I think, an album before this. No, it's based on a song. There's a song called The Cool. If you if you look up that song, it's the original. Yeah, it's a song called The Cool. Yes. And he and he's describing, yeah, he says, he came back from the same suit he was buried in, similar to the one his grandfather was married in. Yes, he was still fresh to death. I got to play this song when we get, when I get off. I haven't heard it in a while. I wish we still, could just play him on here, but yeah, we just get nuked out of orbit immediately. Yeah, so but basically he's describing what he look, looks like. I think there's a picture you can look up too of what they think the cool looks like. And that was the first song that he made a whole album to that one song because it was like that big, you know, and I still haven't figured out the album art. Do you see any symbols that you may come across with that? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what that is. I know it's a cult, but I never figured out what exactly that symbol comes from. It looks alchemical. That's a good question. Well, I mean, yeah. So it says Lupe Fiasco in the in the middle. Um, that kind of looks like like uh, Arabic or something, but the one on the bottom left is a skull with a bunch of tentacles, like an like an octopus. Mm-hmm. The one on the right looks like a heart shaped block, and then on the top here is like a, a skeleton I want to say a hand, but it's not a human hand. Like it looks like a reptile hand or something. Oh, okay, good observation. So I don't know. I don't know if there's. Yeah, because yeah, a, a yeah. human a human hand, maybe, maybe it's a human hand. Well, I know the, the cool is supposed to be, I don't know, it's, it's supposed to be human, but it's, it's demonic as well. They have a music video too, bro, of the cool. I know he has green eyes. Yeah, they had like a music video of him getting out of the grave. That's still the albums. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Hold on, let me let me go on mute real quick. Okay. Oh no, that's not okay. Maybe that's not it. It's the song. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he looks like. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Kind of looks like yeah. That's what he's the guy. The guy in the back left. Yes. 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 That's it right there. Yeah. So that's what he looks. So he's still a human. He's humanoid. But yeah. But this album, like Lupe is one of the greatest lyricists of all time. I mean, they got this dude teaching classes in Harvard now. You know that? He teaches hip hop classes in Harvard. So, yeah. So that's that's my uh, Skull and Bones uh, land, right? (laughs) That's kind of funny. Right, right. Out there, you know. There's a very real possibility that somebody in Skull and Bones is learning um, from Lupe Fiasco while they're at Harvard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he's teaching like the physics of rap. He's teaching how in the drum patterns, the silence in between the the drums is very impacting on the conscious mind. The silence mean more than the actual drum patterns. I thought that was interesting. He was breaking that down. So this was probably my favorite lyric wise song on this album. Dumb it down. Oh, dumb it down. Yeah. See, the dumb it down comes from the cool, though. The uh, dumb it down was originally on the cool, but it, they had another album with dumb it down 
I mean, they had another song on another album talking about Dumb It Down that he made it into a bigger song, which is speaking about how a lot of people in that generation around the, the middle 2000s, they didn't like lyrical music. Mm-hmm. They like music like, oh, that, oh, that, oh, I think they like me. Oh, I think they like me. They like that. <laughs> yeah. So he was saying, yo, oh, maybe I should dumb myself down. Then I'll be as big as these other rappers. And he's from Chicago as well. Lupe Piasco. So he has that whole Chicago theme around him. But like Obama and Kanye. I feel that dumb it down thing was like, uh, like it was almost like a departure from like, if you were to look up like Wu Tang lyrics or like a kill a priest, uh, album and look through the lyrics, you know, like by like base, basic instructions before leaving earth, uh, right. you would do that. And then that's kind of what I imagine that like the cool is telling them like, you know, stop, stop all this, like metaphysical and like intergalactic and like none of that, like just give right. me a hook. That's real simple. And and this also, uh, it reminds me of Gold Watch because Gold Watch, I kind of imagined as like this is that that dumb it down, right? Like I yeah. like Gucci and Yo- um, Yamamoto and Max Roach solo. Like this felt to me like this was the dumb it down aspect. Yeah, it was. It was uh, Goyard bags. You hear about Goyard and all of this type of stuff, but um, all of the songs, bro. Every one. One of these songs, let me tell you, I know about every lyric. I can rap the whole album. I can rap the album with my eyes closed because it was that influential on my life. And I feel like after this album, they silence him, bro. How do you feel? Have did, are you a did you ever listen to Lupe? Like that? I mean, th- this was the last album that I really, really liked and had on repeat. Uh, well, this and it wasn't like I stopped caring, but I just, I don't know. Whatever the album was that came out right after that, it didn't hook me as much. Well, it didn't do nothing because they it feels like they almost silenced him after this album, honestly. Food and Liquor was crazy, but that was before. That was before yep. the cool. I, that was, mm-hmm. I remember food, when Food and Liquor came out, um, I this is another like way back in the day, but there was a website called undergroundhiphop.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that was run by I think Spez. Shout out Spez. But this is where like a lot of the early hip hop producers would like congregate and share tips and everything. But I remember when Lupe Fiasco Food and Liquor came out, people were talking about this like it was the new golden standard. Like, oh, like everyone's everyone wants to do that Lupe sound, or everyone wanted to like elevate themselves to the level of food and liquor. Um, so yeah. that was a huge one. And then the cool come comes out. Okay, lasers. Lasers was the, the was the next big one that I think. Uh yeah, lasers was. Uh, That's what I'm know. saying though, right? It went from the cool to lasers. And they were we were very very mad about lasers. Very very mad because he went completely industry. Look at these people on the album. <laughs> we got John Legend. <laughs> we got John. Le- now we love Matthew Santos. Now we love Matthew Santos. Um, he was on the cool too. He has a oh man, what was the song from the cool with Matthew? The fighters. Oh my god, the fighters are so dope. But um This wasn't a bad album. It just I don't think I loved no, it. No, it was it, yes, it was, bro. It was bad. <laughs> really? I, I remember liking a few, like uh All Black Everything was a decent song. 
Uh, I mean, you, I mean, you heard I'm beaming. Uh, yeah, I didn't mention know? I didn't mention beaming. I didn't mention that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the main song. Look at the views on the beaming. It's like the uh, main well, song. I mean, compared to to all black, everything is 150, and then this one. Okay, well, okay. Got 300. the show goes on. That's that's the main song. My bad. Okay. The show goes on. Uh, all right. Oh, na, 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 na. <laughs> all right. Don't get us kicked <laughs> off. It, that sounds too accurate. <laughs> They're going to get caught. That's, you know, that's, you know, mainstream type stuff. So, so okay. So, so lasers. And then. But test or uh, Tetsuo and Youth. Go to Tetsuo, Tetsuo and Youth. Now, this album is great. 2015. Go back and listen to this album. Wow. This was an amazing album, but the problem with this album is, it's not in order. It's just a bunch of great songs, you know. So, yeah, this this, is this wild. Has a- the the cover art posted on Instagram is the insignia of the Bavarian Illuminati. I don't. I never knew. What that. am I not seeing? I, I've never knew that before in my life. But this album is 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 dope as hell. I know that. Oh wow! Okay. So, so I guess when he first posted it on Instagram, he posted an image of the Bavarian Illuminati. <laughs> That's nuts, dude. I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. Dude, you good at finding this stuff, man. Yeah. 2014. Yep. 2014. That's, 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 that's it. wild. It, it says, uh, Lupe posted the cover art on his Instagram with, with the Latin caption, Millie Anorum Lumen, which means a thousand years old. The, the Damn, title dots and lines name. refers to the pig pen cipher. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, this is crazy, bro. This is what? a like, <laughs> this is an old um, Masonic cipher too that they used to use. Yeah, look right here. Also known as the Masonic or the Freemason cipher, Rosicrucian. Um, this is one oh, of the yeah. easiest ones where you. This is the the ciphers <laughs> that. Um, if this were like the default, right? Like if if someone just said use pig pen, this is how it would look. So that if mm-hmm. I wanted to write the letter like dad, right? D-A-D, I'd write mm-hmm. like this part of the D. I would write this like a little like ha- like um uh, square missing the left side. So that would be the D. Mm-hmm. And then I would draw a corner A and then I would draw another side like the D. So all you would have to do is just put any letters wherever you wanted in all of these, put the little dots and then give someone that cipher. And now they knew whatever the weird uh, little amalgamation like, yeah, like this is a good example. So if you had the cipher, you would know what all these different symbols meant. But if you didn't have the cipher, it would take a, a little bit more time to figure it out. It definitely oh, not okay. like, wow. like a, it's not like HTTPS encryption at that point. You know, anyone could break this by hand, but that's nuts okay. though, man. I've, I've never even seen any of that before. And that's what the concept of dots and lines is talking about Freemason cipher. Man, I honestly... I'm glad I mentioned it because I didn't know. So I'm learning something. I didn't know that, but I, this probably the only album I'll play other than the, the cool. I'll play this one. And this is, is so much lyricism in this crap. Like it's, it's crazy. Like the lyricism. And he does mention a lot of Rosicrucian Rosicrucian. Well, yeah, he says right here. Uh, my sword is from Comet Egyptian fonts and onks. And then Scottish rights with Mont Blancs. <laughs> so, but it's like right. Scottish right R I T E, but it's also, you know, like right because uh, of the, the wordplay. It's so, and yeah, he's, he's talking about as I walk, uh, I walk as my father walk, master builder. 
that's Hiram B- Abiff that I assume he's mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Sacred Geometry, Golden yeah, This is like all like Freemasonic right. uh, information in here. Oh, now that you're saying that, I do see it. So each degree has a part to price. Yep. See big swirls, having little swirls, feed on their velocity. What? This is why this this site is so dope too. Genius.com. Um, it's mostly for hip hop lyrics, but you can click on some of these lines and yeah. it even shows you, look, here's the here's a little Freemasonic chart that he's talking about. Wow. Uh, and if you click on like sacred geometry, it gives you like a little breakdown of what sacred geometry is. Wow. I never went on this. I, I know hip hop or rap genius. I just never looked at this album line from line. So Damn, this is so dope. Look, uh, chapter 14 of Revelations contains the three angels message. Uh, the passage warns ab- about not receiving the mark of the beast. And then he talks about the sign as like the mark of the beast, but also as a sine wave. And that these wow. like three angels is maybe like three repetitions of a sine wave. That's so dope, man. Oh, I never knew that. I love the three. I, I love that song. The, the three. Uh, is that the dot in line still? Is and he's saying the three point? angels also references the three trigonomic functions of sine, cosine, and tangent. This is dope, man. I never yeah. knew any of this. Yeah, the song. I used to listen to that song all the time. I didn't I didn't know it was referencing the sine wave. And I talk it's, about it's talking wave. about sacred geometry and Rosicrucianism and Freemasonry. You didn't even know it. Wow. Wow. Now it makes me what does Tetsuo in youth mean then? Is that like some type of I've seen that phrase before, but I don't know what it means. Uh, I don't know who. Yeah, who's? I know about Tetsuo in the anime. They have an anime called. Uh, what is the famous anime with Tetsuo? It's right here, uh, Akira. Akira, yeah, yeah. That's the only Tetsuo I know. <laughs> when so, also uh, this one, uh, Iron Man. A movie yeah, from '89 from Japan also sounds like something Lupe Fiasco would be rapping about. Yeah, Iron Man. Yeah, might be reference. I don't know. That. That's, I don't know what that uh, what Tetsu and youth means either. Yeah, I don't have no idea. But um, yeah, we can move on to the next. Yeah, we kind of did too right there, but it was dope. Um, what was the last one? Uh, uh, Big Grit. Big Crit. So, yeah, Big Crit, I'll just be short. I mean, Big Crit is like the hidden gem of hip-hop, I feel. Like, nobody gives this guy no credit. This guy is super lyrical. He's country. He's real country. So, you know, people kind of overlook it because, I mean, he's not that country. Let me just, you know, make a disclaimer. He's not so country where you can understand him. He's a, a Nas Lupe as a country artist, like a country rap rap artist. So he has all of the lyricism, but he raps like someone from the deep. deep. Yeah, he just released his album. I haven't listened to it yet. It just came out like a couple of days ago. I'm a part of this music chat and they said, yo, Big Crit just dropped. So I have to give a listen to that. I'm taking my time. I'm letting everybody else listen to it and I'm going to come back to it. But uh, Live from the Underground Classic, uh, Forever in a Day, oh my God. King Remembered in Time uh, is Better This Way. 
that's a classic. But Catalactica was my was my album. You know, that's that's what I was riding to. It's kind of like uh, referencing the Cadillac, you know, to Southern people is like their UFO. And it's describing the South from a cosmic perspective. But it, it, this album has a story to it. It's like he comes down from the moon in a Cadillac like ship and crashes on Earth. And he's experienced experiencing hip hop through a southern lifestyle, almost like this, you know, sort of like outcast AT aliens. He's an alien from a universe or a, I don't know, a galactic world called Catalactica. And he's describing how where he comes from coincides with the planet here. So just a great album to listen to the sounds, the 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 way, because he makes all of his beats, by the way. Let me just mention that him and J. Cole make all of their beats. That's what sets them apart from other. Oh, that's my song, Third Eye. Oh my God, that's my song. Yeah. So yeah. People should give Big Crit a listen, man. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I know this world is full of so many clones. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dope. Man. It's got a, a song called Mind Control, one called Third Eye, and the Third Eye is mm-hmm. talking about clones. I mean, yeah, this is right up my alley, man. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Give it, you guys can give it a listen. He is a um a student of hip hop. So you'll see a lot of mention to the to the OGs, the pioneers, and yeah, his beats are fascinating, bro. You don't come across the talent of a big crit every day. I think he'll finally get his flowers due. I think he's right up there with the with the the Drake's, Kendrick Lamar's, and J. Cole's of the day. He's just like a a, a hidden king of hip hop. Some people recognize him, some people don't. But give it a listen, bro. If you can, or anybody else that's listening in today. Yeah, we we didn't pick any uh Drake songs. Is there like a Drake song that's like incredibly esoteric and full of gems early drake i would have to call my friend and ask uh, because he 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 listens to everything drake says he can quote every drake lyric i think i remember one it's like uh I forgot the name of the song though. I think it's "Don't Be Scared of Me." Please don't be scared of me. But I don't think it's referencing the Illuminati stuff per se. But the recent Drake and J Cole music video, you can look that up, has some esoteric Illuminati stuff in it. Let me try to get you the song name. First person shooter. Yes, first person shooter. There you go. First person shooter. Yeah, you cut the sound. If you go through that, you'll see some 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 symbolism here. They're playing in front of all of these people. They're playing ping pong? Yeah, it's like ping uh yeah, ping pong. They're playing chess at the table. There's a chess game. And I've noticed they both had the 24 oh, jerseys. Uh, the Spider-Man meme, yeah. yeah. He has 44 on his back. 
44 and Gematria means a lot. It's connected to government, government as well. You see the art right there. That looks like what? That's a portal at the rim. What is that? Hands? Making your hands heart. making like a heart? Yeah. So could be referencing heart chakra type stuff. Um, but there's something I saw in there that was. Yeah, there's the owl, of course, the famous Moloch owl. owl. Yeah, so yeah, is the name of the album is for all the dogs. Yeah, and then, then they make him a giant. That's what they did at the end. They make him this big giant, you know, like he's walking through the city like Godzilla or something like that. I was like, well, but they said that this music video is one of the greatest music videos of all time. I don't know why they, they put it up there, but it's literally, you can look up articles on it. I'm like, it's not that good, bro. But they just love Drake. Like anything Drake does, they just automatically deem it. You know, it's great. So Yeah, you see all the OVO uh stuff in the background. Right. Yeah, yeah. Some people think, uh seen in comments, they think Drake killed XXX Tentacion and he addresses that on this new album for all the dogs. XXX Tentacion was a young rapper and producer that was doing a, a, a new wave to hip hop music. And he was accusing Drake X X was accusing Drake of stealing his sound. And he had receipts of Drake stealing music that was unreleased from him. So he was saying that what Drake does, he gets these no name artists and you'll see just like how Drake blew up the Migos, you know, offset Cardi B's husband as part of the group. He comes and he he's like a parasite. He attaches himself to these no name people and he puts a verse on their sound, blow them up. And then the sound gets associated with Drake forever because he was on their, you know, their their first blow up single. So everyone's like scared of Drake. That's what X was trying to explain that. Yeah, this guy goes around and. Yeah, he was very metaphysical. This guy was super occult. This XXX Tentacion. Yeah, well, well documented interest in the occult. Yeah. Super occult. Super. Uh, if you look at his tattoos on his face, you can see that. So housemates from his time living uh, recalled that he had a collection of books on a cult and took part in rituals. Right. Uh, while living there, his former partner pretended to be demonically possessed as a way to scare him out of their relationship, but instead it fascinated him. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna just pretend to be demonically possessed to get to make this uh extentacion guy leave me alone. And then <laughs> extentacion was like, Oh, this is awesome. You're you're possessed by a devil. Let's chill even more. <laughs> yeah. Then it said right after that he was inspired by Rudolf Steiner. So that's interesting. <laughs> So that's why I know he doesn't get a lot of uh, love necessarily, but uh, I, I've got a couple of his albums on vinyl too because I really did like uh, his style. I can't remember the name of it. Me too. It's like an all black album. Me too. I have a lot of his music, especially his last. This yeah, one I right here, seventeen. Yeah. I got seventeen too. Seventeen is a great that. album, man. Like it is. It, not every song is a banger for me, but there's more than enough on there to make it worth owning. Yeah, 
I think he was going to be bigger or big as Drake if he had lived. And here, I, I got one last one since you brought up oh, Devin the Dude. and A.T. Elliott. You know Devin the Dude? Yes, man. That's my, my cousin loves this guy, man. It's all we listened to growing up, bro. So th- this is one of my favorite albums, Just Trying to Live. Uh, he's yes. It's hard to even pin down a specific one. But man, when it comes to uh, rap albums about aliens, this is the my very favorite <laughs> rap song about aliens with Zeldar from the planet Beldar that come, <laughs> which is 8 million Judy Beaks from Saturn. I always thought this one. The funniest line. Like, what the hell? What the hell is a Judy Beak? <laughs> Devin is, so guess funny. A re- is that a real word? I don't, I, I don't think no, it's a real word. It can't, it can't be, bro. It, it can't, can't be, be, right? But someone no. added, okay, someone just added a little, it means 100,000 miles. <laughs> hey, look, the dot, dot, dot. So he's pretty far from Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. crashes into a, a field with uh, green leafy trees. So like yeah, the the alien yeah. basically crashes into the planet, but he crashes into a weed crop, and uh, yeah, he t- takes his stealth okay. cutter, whatever that is, cut it and smoked it. So he he becomes an instant fan, and they go to Walmart and they just kind of like chill. Whoa, this is funny. Is it what you say? <laughs> yeah, I love I love Devin the dude, man. Yeah, me too, bro. Like I I mean I I got introduced my older cousin. You know he used to always play. Devin a dude riding plays. Of course, he, he smoked weed, but I kind of he kind of grew on me, you know, over the years. So I have like a Devin the dude uh playlist on my bigger music playlist of songs I've heard over the years. So he don't this get his recognition as well, though. He's 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 big, bro. Well, he's prolific too. He would put out like an album like two or three a year at, at some points. This song right, right here. Uh, who's that? He's just he's singing about himself, or like, uh, like a, if a little kid showed up to a rap concert, and it's like, mom, why is why is this guy being rude to the fans and grabbing his dick? And wh- look, he's doing it again, mom. Why is he doing it? But I love this song, man. Yeah, his storytelling, though. Yeah, yeah, such a great way of storytelling that was hilarious, bro. I've never. He's one of the like like ludicrous kind of. He's like a old school ludicrous like especially his music videos his music videos are classic too if you go look check that out Uh, to the extreme honestly it's it's hard to pick uh like a favorite Devin the dude album waiting to inhale is an amazing one they're all really good almighty oh man talking about the um the What's a dollar cost? And the uh, like the bum mm-hmm. from the Kendrick Lamar. This is uh, how much a really dollar cost? Yeah. That one. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> the almighty dollar ain't what it used to be. Hobos used to ask you for a dollar. Now, now they ask you for three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, man. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, bro. So, all right, let's uh, we'll we'll wrap this one up a little bit. I was I was uh, fascinated, man, to find out that you were in the music. Maybe you got a, a song coming out. There's an EP that might never see the light of day. Who knows? I got a I got a couple of those two uh, thing projects that'll never see the light of day. Um, maybe we I don't know. Maybe we leak them somehow. We figure out ways to yeah. leak them. I mean, I think um, I think I want to get back and record a, 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 a EP. I want to do I want to do something 
I want to do something metaphysical out of this world. Like I've never done that. Like you'd be surprised to hear my rap style and how I rap, but I would like to be, you know, just for my own, you know, way of expressing my creativity. I want to do something, something like a metaphysical EP. I've been talking about it uh, with this other guy. You saying we should call it uh, force and magic, or magic and force. Like that should be the 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 other you know reverse form of it. I was like, okay, because he was saying from his era, Star Wars was like the 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 trendsetter of of everything from his era. Like Star Wars that big to him, and to me, Harry Potter was like just as big as Star Wars. So we he's representative of force, the force in Star Wars. I'm representative of the magic generation. And then you merged them together. So that's an idea that we've been talking about for the last couple of years. But I'm just open. I want to use my creativity and my gift and do something with it. So yeah, maybe we should do something and link up. I'm down, man. If you ever want to collaborate, I'm down. I got more. Like I said, I've been doing music for therapy for the last two decades. So I've got like 20 years worth of a backlog, just kind of, you know, if I make something that I liked, I might save it and listen to it again later. And no one else has ever heard it outside of that. Okay. Well, yeah, bro. Me too. I think this is more for therapy now. That's a good term. So I want to do it, bro. Let's, let's, let's try to do something. And, um, it's, it's always a pleasure to be, you know, on your show. I think it's a great idea. This was a good idea to come up with this. Well, I'm and, excited uh, to do funk, man. Funk will be a fun one. Right. I think with, with more episodes, I'm going to do a little bit more digging in history, be a little bit more prepared to, to, to dig in this because I got to talk so, about I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Right, right, right. And it was a great, it was great for us to start. It, it, it's a great beginning to it, though. Yeah. So, and, uh, Here's another little project that I've been working on called <laughs> Tinfoil Trap. <laughs> this one is uh this one's gonna come out with the new Sam Tripoli Chaos Twins comic. Anyone that got a, a Chaos okay. Twins comic is gonna get this uh in with it. And on the back, it's got a QR. I don't think I've got do I have it? Oh yeah, here we go. Here's the back of it. I just I'm still working on it, but uh it'll have a QR code that you'll be able to scan that'll bring you to tinfoiltrap.com, which doesn't go anywhere at this exact moment but it'll basically just have a playlist of all the different musicians and songs and credits and everything. And this is just a, a free project that we're putting out. So this might be dope. And, a, and another quick little ending shout out to sound scientists on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, everything. Um, this cult classic album I just dropped like last week. And, uh, oh. and I've got this, uh, this Clinton, this Clinton one too. I don't know why my Spotify keeps doing this, but I got to like restart it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, sound, yeah. look for sound scientists. Let me know what you think. The, the Clinton's greatest hits. It's a full length album. I actually, about the Clintons. I actually listened to it. I think he sent me something in Instagram. <laughs> it was late <laughs> at night and I listened to it. I played. It's pretty good. Well, here, bro. <laughs> here's the idea is that like, the things that are said in that song, like you could never say it on YouTube and stay monetized, let alone not get a strike. Right. right. And I probably couldn't post it like on any channel I can think of any, maybe rumble or Rockfin or something, but 
if it's in a song, then it's like this magic pass. Like you're allowed to sing the exact same. Like I could make all the wildest claims about Comet Ping Pong, right? But if I said it in a YouTube video and I looked at the camera and I was like, I'm serious and I mean all of this and I said it, I get in trouble. But if I look in the camera, I'm like, I mean all this, but I'm going to sing it. And then it turns into a song like now you're allowed to say it. So I'm going to just see how far I can push this. I might not necessarily give the ingredients to make like bombs or drugs, but I don't know. Maybe I'll get close enough. I don't know. We'll see, man. (laughs) Keep experimenting. But I think it's great. You know, it's very creative and very interesting and funny. So um, I like it. I played it and like it. So I think you guys will like it as well. Thank you, man. We'll, we'll, we'll schedule another one. You guys stay tuned. New series, Sound Science. Uh, I'll exit on this commercial. So thanks again, Ani. A quick shout out where people can find you and follow oh. you. I feel like you got more of, more of your fans in the chat than me. So <laughs> No, it's cool, man. You guys come over to uh, YouTube, Ani Osaru, and come over to patreon.com slash the T-H-E underscore spiritual shade room. You can follow me on Instagram at the spiritual shade room and the number one at the end. And thanks for having me, bro. Thank you, man. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching. Stickers, they'll make you smile and snicker. False flags and secret society, all of these and more on our sticker sheets. Explore the unique with paranoid American sticker sheets. Unearth tales of cryptids, cults, and mysteries through each sticker. These won't last long. Get yours now at paranoidamerican.com. Will all American stickers, cryptids, cults, and killers, killers, we got all your favorite conspiracies, all the data and more on our sticker sheets, paranoid American stickers, they'll make you smile and snickers, false flags and secret societies, all of these and more on our sticker sheets. What the heck are you waiting for? Discover the extraordinary with paranoid American sticker sheets. From cryptids in the night to cults out of sight, each sticker is a unique find. Get yours now at paranoidamerican.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.